Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio. What is going on? How's it going? Um, I'm not sure if you guys have been following me on my Instagram and my social medias. You should be. We got some new gear. I have a new microphone. We are slowly upgrading. I don't know if this is going to sound right. Hopefully it's not like I'm screaming in your guys' ear and fucking causing your traumatic childhood to resurface of when your mom would beat the shit out of you for not cleaning the house. But anyways, people, are you having a good week? Are you having a good Thursday? Are you out there putting together your plans for the weekend? Debating if you're going to stay in and get drunk off of box wine or if you're going to go out and, you know, black out with your friends at a bar somewhere. Either way, we're getting wasted over here this weekend, people. We are getting wasted out of our mind. Where are my single booze bags at? Can we get you hollered over here? What a week, man. What a fucking week. And you know what? I just have to come out and say it, all right? I don't know how people are able to travel and still be productive with work. I really don't know how they do it. If any of you travel a lot for work, please reach out and give me some fucking advice because I am lost here, people. I fly to a new city and I need two days to recover, minimum. Two days to rest to shake off the jet lag, to find where the nearest weed spot is. It takes me a good two to three days to settle into a new place. And I've got to tell you something. I had such a long fucking week because of this jet lag myth, this little narrative that we're putting out about time as a concept. Um, so yeah, it was a really long fucking week. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I just have to maybe be a bit smarter with my decisions whenever it comes to to traveling, when it comes to airports. It's probably not the best of ideas to eat an edible and then have two drinks and half a Xanax before every single flight. But, I mean, come on. What else are you going to do on a flight? What else are you going to do when on an airplane? Are you just going to sit there completely sober, alone with your thoughts? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to have a conversation to the person next to you? No, never. You're going to sit there and you're going to get bombed out of your mind. Can you say bomb? I don't think because talking about airplanes and shit. 9-11, never forget. Um, no, but you know, you're know you going to sit there and you're going to get bombed on the airplane, not physically bombed by like Al-Qaeda, bombed as in alcohol. Yeah, you're just going to sit there on the flight. You're just going to get drunk or faded, whatever it is you're going to do, and you're going to enjoy the high the entire flight. But yeah, I need some help because we are going to be literally on the road to a different city like once a week for the next six to seven weeks. It's just going to be nonstop. We are going to be hitting like five cities in six weeks. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun time. Um, so I need some help because I am really trying not to put on 50 pounds with all of the traveling and the McDonald's and the airport beers and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm realizing I have to become one of those people that buys carrots and Fiji water at the airport. You know, I have to really become a healthy person, but I'm not that person. I'm not that person. I, at heart, I will always be 350 pounds. <laughs> At heart, I can weigh 110 pounds, 150 pounds, but there will always be that fat kid that is begging to come out and just eat the whole cake 
not a slice, not two slices, the whole fucking cake because I'm a man and my mother didn't raise a quitter. Um, so yeah, people, I, I'm realizing that I associate airports and traveling in general with vacation. So every time I get on a plane, I automatically get into vacation mode. Like I check in and immediately I just forget about all of my responsibilities. You know, and I'm learning very quickly that if I keep doing that, if I keep treating every business trip like it's a fucking vacation, I'm realizing that I will die of a heart attack at the age of 28. But you know what? You know what else I'm starting to realize? You know, we're at the airport waiting for our flight and me being a simple-minded human, I see the game on at one of the bars and I just follow it like some animal mesmerized by some shiny object. And that shiny object was a baseball game and a beer tap. So I made my way over there. You know, I figure I got 30 minutes before we have to board. I can kill a couple of drinks in half an hour. You know, who gives a shit if it's six o'clock in the morning? Bartender, I'll take two of your finest sales. One for me and another for myself, please. So I down these things like I'm fucking dying of thirst in the Sahara, right? And for those of you that may not know, I am a huge lightweight when it comes to alcohol. One beer will have me feeling really good. Two, and I'm drunk. Three, you're taking advantage of me. And four, I'm throwing up in the Uber on the way home. That is my metric when it comes to alcohol. There's no middle ground, you know? So I down those two things and I make my way over to stand in the boarding line. And we're, you know, me and my producer were standing there for about three minutes. And I, I turn to them and I go, do I have a fear of flying? And they go, um, no, I, I don't think so. He never told me you, you have. And I'm just like, I don't know. Every time, like before I fly, I get a little anxious and I, I feel the need, like I need a buzz to bring down the edge a bit. And they go, Angel, you don't have a fear of flying. You're just a fucking booze bag. And I'm like, all right, fair fucking point. But again, you're not just going to sit there alone with your thoughts. You know, you got to sit there all fucking stone sober and listen to that horrible demonstration of what to do in case the flight starts going down. They start fucking doing those mimes. Yeah, poor lady. She has to sit there. She has to do that every single fucking flight. They have to do the demonstration of like what to do if the plane is going down with the floaties. You got to put it this way. Put the mask over yourself before helping anybody else. And it's like, lady, I'm not putting the mask on or doing anything. I'm not putting a life vest on. If this bird starts going down, you know what I'm doing? I'm unbuckling my seatbelt and I am going down with it. I'm going to make it easier so the impact takes me out faster. I'm going out like a man, goddammit. Imagine being the only person to survive a plane crash. Imagine how horrific that must be. The fucking burns, the trauma, everybody you know, dead. But you know what? You survived because you put on a fucking life vest. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to live with that trauma. I'm going out like a man. I'm going out like a man. So yeah, uh, we will be traveling a lot these next couple of months. And hopefully my big mouth doesn't get us kicked off of airplanes or, you know, thrown out of airports. Um... But it's going to be a great time. Again, like six cities in the span of six weeks, five. I don't fucking know. We're going to be traveling a lot for the holidays. And mainly because, you know, this podcast has become a world phenomenon. You know, people from all over the world are like, hey, Angel, can you come 
you know, come visit us in this city. You can stay on my couch, you know, and they're probably uh, murderers. But, you know, let's do it. Let's have a good time. Let's make some friends. Um, don't worry, though. You know, I will be on the road a lot. I'm still going to try to make this as consistent as possible. You know, we might just have to record for like six hours a couple days before we leave to a new city and just kind of save them for a rainy day. Like, I really, I really want to get this out every Thursday around midnight Eastern time, like clockwork. Like, I want this show. I want to be someone you can depend on. You know, you, you can't depend on anybody nowadays. You can't depend on your ex to pay child support. You can't depend on your parents to bail you out of jail again at 3 o'clock in the morning. You can't depend on anybody. So, I want to be the beacon of light in your life. I want you to be sitting there with a gun in your mouth, ready to leave this earth. But right before you do, you get that notification from Spotify that I just posted a new episode. And when you see that notification, you hear that little ding. You put the gun out and you put it on the table. You put your headphones on, maybe spark a joint. And you tell yourself, not today. Not today, because there's a new episode of the studio. That's what I want to be in your life. That's the positive impact I want this podcast to have on your mental health and overall well-being. I'm performing here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no thanks necessary for being the light in your life. You can Venmo me $50 each so I can buy some smokes for the week. Thank you. I appreciate it. But anyway, speaking of bringing positivity into your life, I watched the new season of that show, You. Have you guys seen this fucking show? Have you guys watched this horrific, twisted, and borderline disgusting television show that Netflix has aired? It truly is a fucked up show, people. People are having, like, it's so fucked up, it really kind of makes you question humanity. You know, especially whenever you see people having meltdowns. You know, you see these Netflix employees are planning to do the bravest thing that one can possibly do, which is walk out of your job. Netflix employees are threatening to walk out of their job, to walk out of Netflix headquarters to protest or as a movement to stand against the anti-LGBTQ comments or jokes that Dave Chappelle made on his new comedy special. That's what people are doing. You know, people are threatening to quit their jobs over a comedy special. All these theatrics, all these giant movements, which let's be real, it's not really a movement. This is not a fucking movement. It's just a handful of tech devs at Netflix with green hair who make 200k a year and they live in LA and they drink their kombucha and they love to preach about inequality from their three-bedroom apartment in Agora fucking hills. Okay, so yeah, all of these movements over mere jokes, all of this virtue signaling, all I see is how these comments, how the jokes that Dave Chappelle put out are promoting violence towards women. Dave Chappelle is anti-feminist. Dave Chappelle should be thrown off of Netflix. The sheer level of drama and outrage surrounding this special, you would think it was because he was performing acts of violence on the audience themselves. People are tweeted, people are losing their fucking minds. And it's, it's funny to me. It's really funny because 
it was all this outrage over a mere comedy special. Again, Dave Chappelle is anti-feminist. Dave Chappelle hates women. Dave Chappelle promotes violence. All this outrage over someone telling jokes, but there was no outrage over a show about a guy who literally stalks and kills women. There was no pushback for a show that literally does nothing but promote violence against women and the LGBTQ community. But that's not important. All the rage was about someone telling chuckles. Well, Angel, it's because the show you is fake. It's a show. It's performance. And what do you think the Dave Chappelle special was? What do you think exactly a stand-up performance is? You really think Dave Chappelle is at a Whole Foods somewhere screaming at trans people because he hates them that much? Of course not. Come on, you're going to boycott? We've talked about this before, people. Are you going to boycott a billion-dollar corporation? Are we going down this rabbit hole again? Have I not explained this enough enough times to you guys? There's no boycotting corporations. Netflix literally owns the streaming industry. I don't give a fuck about Hulu or HBO, even though I use my friend's HBO. Shout out to you down the hall. Um, (laughs) Which, hey, I know you're listening. Um, But yeah, these streaming services, they all are trying to be what Netflix is. So how are you going to boycott an industry standard? Whenever a corporation becomes the industry standard, it's game over. It's game over. So, yeah. Anyway, people, let's talk about this whole in and out thing that's happening up there in Northern California. I really want to dive into this whole situation that is starting to unfold up there in the beautiful Bay Area. Uh, there was a tweet put out yesterday around 6 p.m. Today's Wednesday. Um, the SF gate with the little check mark on Twitter, so you know they're reliable. They said, they tweeted out, the city's only in and out location was closed by the San Francisco Department of Public Health last week because employees, quote unquote, were not preventing the entry of customers who were not carrying proper vaccination documentation, according to a statement per in and out. So, The San Francisco Department of Public Health, they shut down the city's only in and out San Francisco. How many people are in the city of San Francisco? Let's Google this. San Francisco population of 2021, 874,000. There's no way that's that. That's so low. It used to be more. It used to be more? Oh, this is 2019. That's still pretty low. 874. Okay, so obviously this just proves that data isn't real. Let's just, there's at least 2 million people in San Francisco. There's no way there's only 800. The market is, the housing market is way too fucking expensive for there to only be 870. Maybe under the bridge where people jump off of because they get laid off from their work from the factory that closed down during COVID. Maybe there's that many people there, but not in the entire city. So, right, the the Department of Public Health, they shut down the cities only in and out, which, hey, let's. You should be thrown in prison for that. Every every city in California deserves to have an In-N-Out. For God's sakes, Dallas has a fucking In-N-Out. So they shut down the, the city's only In-N-Out, which again, punishable by death right off the bat. But they shut it down because workers, 
employees, mind you, who are working barely above minimum wage and who can barely probably afford to live in the city of San Francisco, they were not enforcing vaccination documentation proof. Okay, so these workers, again, who are probably living below the poverty line because of San Francisco, who do not get paid enough to be bouncers, to be rats, they get shut down because they're not enforcing the, you know, proof of vaccination. Kind of bullshit, if you ask me. Kind of bullshit. Again, I said it's the only cities in and out. That's just, that's unstate-like, right? Where is your love for the state? Where is your love for the symbol? Okay, would you kill a California condor? Probably. These fucking politicians would kill anything if it meant... Uh, promoting their fucking brand anyways they get shut down in and out they come back with a statement a response to being shut down by the city they basically told the city they said hey you know what go fuck yourself we're not doing it and the you know the spokesperson's response was this in quotes we refuse to become the vaccination police for any government we fiercely disagree with any government dictate that forces a private company to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. So, again, In-N-Out basically told them, hey, it's our fucking, it's our company. This is our business. Do we tell you how to run the city? I mean, even if we did tell you, you wouldn't fucking listen. But do we tell you how to run the city? No. Don't tell us how to run our profitable corporation, which, by the way, is doing a lot better than the entire state of California right now. Imagine working for the city. Imagine working for one of the worst. San Francisco has the worst homeless problem in the country. Poverty, homelessness, needles on the fucking street. Kids can't even play on the sidewalk without stepping on a needle and getting a fucking heroin overdose and AIDS and HIV and hepatitis B and COVID. They can't even go outside, okay, because there's fucking criminals wandering around. Imagine seeing all of this. Imagine seeing your city burning down. Imagine seeing sports teams leaving. Imagine seeing tech companies leaving. Your your main source of income is leaving the city. And your initial thought, your first reaction is to go, all right, let's go. Let's get rid of a burger chain. Let's go after people who get paid barely above minimum wage, which I, I mean, everyone knows In-N-Out workers get paid very well. But here's my take. I don't think In-N-Out workers get paid enough. They have that window then the drive through that you have to kind of sit through and you're fucking cutting onions and flipping burgers like some performative animal for these losers who are getting double doubles at one o'clock in the morning. They're not getting paid enough. And now they got to be enforcers or else they're shut down. Is this the path that we're all going down is in every job description moving forward for servers, chefs, host, hostesses, hostesses. I don't want to, I want to be gender neutral here. Is this the new job description? You have to be basically a, a, a bouncer. You have to check for IDs or else the city's going to come and shut you down. And again, imagine working for a government and you see your city burning. And your immediate thought was, let's go after a burger chain. I want to go back to this because this is a very, very important thing to talk about. San Francisco is running on fumes. I know these fucking gentrifiers from NYU and who went to Ivy's, they like to go and pay the $10,000 a month in rent and they like to act like it's all fine and dandy. But I promise you that city is not fine and dandy. That city is about to go through some of the hardest times it has ever gone through, along with LA, the entire fucking state, to be quite honest. 
So imagine sitting there working in your office, you're getting paid, I don't know, $350,000 a year by the taxpayers. You own 10 houses in San Francisco Bay Area by yourself, but you're not selling them to anybody because fuck people. You're sitting there and you're like, hey, you know what? I know there's bigger problems, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to actually do my job. I'm just going to make it look like I'm doing my job. What I've said this before. Why would I do my job when I can just make it look like I'm doing my job? That that's what I keep saying on this podcast and you know obviously I say it as a joke but there is some truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. So it really it reminds me of how you know, we see these, we see the DEA, we see police, we see the FBI, we see all these, you know, these public servants. We see them going after small-time drug dealers. They, they're going after people who are selling dime bags, you know, who are fucking selling low doses of mushrooms. They're going after the small-time players and they're, you know, they'll go on TV and they'll be like, hey, today we are proud to announce that we have made a drug arrest and we have confiscated over $250,000 worth of drugs, which is like fucking three eight balls of coke. It's not even that fucking much of a quantity. We have confiscated $250,000 worth of narcotics. We, you can go to sleep tonight knowing that your kids are going to bed safe. The kids are on meth. What do you mean the kids are safe? The kids are doing Adderall nowadays. The kids are snorting coke at parties. Okay, what do you mean the world is safe of narcotics? So what I'm trying to say is these agencies, these fucking big players, they just sit there and do the little shit. Do the little shit so they can keep their job, so they can get a bonus, so that whenever it comes time, Christmas time, they say, hey, you know what? Hey, we made 10,000 arrests for drugs this year alone. Where's our bonus? Where's our budget increase? Why aren't we getting our dick sucked? We made 10,000 arrests this year. But if you break it down, it's 10,000 arrests of a homeless man smoking a joint on the sidewalk. It's someone walking from the bar across the street to their apartment 10 feet away with a little stumble because they had a few cocktails after work and they're getting arrested for walking under the influence. It's that kind of shit. It's minuscule shit so that they can get budget increases, so that they can save their own asses. So these people are going after... These little restaurants, okay, not little restaurants, in and outs a fucking giant corporation. But they're going after these places because there's nothing easier to do. It's so easy to just go after a bunch of 19-year-olds working, flipping burgers in the back kitchen and walking. You know this fucking loser from the San Francisco Department of Public Health. You know this guy. I know you fuck. You're khakis, a plaid fucking button up. Maybe a tie that doesn't match that has horizontal stripes with a fucking a plaid shirt, glasses, green. Not the not not even the nice Ray Bans, the wiry ones, like the ones that fucking Jeffrey Dahmer used to wear. And the greasy hair, the fucking pimples at the age of thirty-seven, greasy smell. Probably hasn't had sex in like three to four years. Angry, right? They're probably on Reddit talking about how they're just taking their anger out on the world. They're taking their anger out because I promise you, if this guy, imagine this loser with khakis going up to a gang or actually doing something worth the value, they would smack the shit out of him. They would smack the shit out of him. So he has to go and bully all the other people, people who are quote unquote underneath him. But these people, right, they're just really projecting their own issues, their own worldviews on everybody around them. And it makes me laugh because... These same people, that same wiry guy, he was probably applauding in and out a year ago. 
He's probably like, these are heroes. Whenever the restaurants were telling people, hey, you know what? Beginning of the pandemic, like 10 years ago when this all started, the beginning of the pandemic, restaurants and businesses, they were saying, hey, if you don't have a mask, you're not coming in here. End of, end of fucking story. And everybody was on board with that. Everyone was like, you're so brave. They're really setting the mark. People should follow suit. It is people. All I kept hearing was it is a company's right. It is a business's, a private business's capitalistic right to decide who they do business with or who they don't do business with or how they run a business. It's their own right. And people were all for that. They were applauding them whenever it was doing things pro, pro mask, pro quarantine, pro bubble, all this shit. But now these corporations, these companies are saying, hey, let's move the fuck on. Can we move the fuck on with our lives? Is that so hard to do? Can we just put this shit in the past? Do people really have to show documentation to get a fucking burger? You really think the people going to In-N-Out are worried about their health? You think the people walking into In-N-Out, their main concern is their health? Whenever I go to In-N-Out, I go to In-N-Out knowing damn well I'm going to be ordering three double-doubles, two animal fries, a milkshake, a large Dr. Pepper, and then a coffee, you know, to kind of wake me up so I don't fall asleep on my way home. That's what I know I'm going to order. I know that I'm going to go there and I'm going to order 10,000 calories worth of food and I'm going to eat every single bite of it. So I'm not worried about my health. I'm not going to a vegan shop. Okay, so right off the bat, people who are going to fast food restaurants are not worried about their health. So it's a bit ironic, right, to go to these places, to go to these restaurants, to shove literal poison into your body. You need some sort of vaccination. You need some sort of proof. And it's it's just mind-blowing. It's really mind-blowing, people, how everyone is all for, you know, certain aspects as long as it fits their narrative. That's what it is. And I think it's a very slippery slope to be able to have the government just kind of intervene and tell you when you can and can't open up. Okay, so for the government to be able to just come in on a whim, shut it down. You're not doing what we want. Shut it the fuck down. I think that's a red flag. I think that's a red flag. And people are, again, all for it whatever everyone is all for extremes as long as it fits their narrative but they don't think that it's a slippery slope it's always a slippery slope but the climate we're in just to be left it's not left enough what used to be seen as democratic as liberal these viewpoints it's now seen as alt-right if you are not completely polarized on the left completely polarized on the right you are automatically part of the other side of the team which Let me tell you something. This past year really fucked us up. It really fucked us up because everyone went to their homes. They got online. And for 18 straight months, people just constructed their own reality. People just constructed their own worldviews. People weren't going outside. So there wasn't like... Whenever you do mushrooms, you have to have an anchor. You have to have an anchor to make sure that you do not float off into space or fall into a time loop, okay? For the past 18 months, there has been no anchor for this country. People used to go outside, get fresh air, and see, oh, this is how humans interact. This is how I'm supposed to act. This is normal. This is what normal is. 
being inside for two years, people lose their anchor. People's anchor becomes Google. It becomes an echo chamber of their own thoughts. So whenever they hear you know, someone else's echo chamber, they've been so accustomed to their own reality in their home, in their bedroom, it fucks them up. So yeah, people, that's what's going on in the food industry. That's the latest hot goss happening. Anyways, people, plowing ahead. Uh, I'm really excited for this weekend. I have a friend of mine. They are flying in uh, from the beautiful Golden State. They should probably get here tomorrow. I am sending a car to pick them up. Again, the car is myself. And we're probably going to go to Whataburger and, I don't know, get obnoxiously drunk. And then I think we'll probably record a podcast Yes, people. Yes, a guest. Great, great person. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to just kind of sit down. We're going to record a podcast. We're going to have a few drinks and we're just going to really just let the microphones go. So they're going to come in. We're going to talk. He is a very, very cool person. Very smart. He He's a bit optimistic. He's an optimistic person. He's a, he's a kind soul, which I think is going to be a nice balance a nice counter balance to the psychotic ramblings that i give you guys every week it's going to be a bit of optimistic and you know he's going to give you his worldviews and he's going to tell you you know his philosophies and how he goes to success and then i will tear him down for 45 minutes telling him that he's wrong <laughs> and that he you know he needs to see oh, the world how it really is which is a dark hateful and spiteful place freddie <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, people, I'm excited for him to get here. I'm excited for this weekend. Please, I'm going to be having a great time. I hope you guys have a great time, too. The world is going to fucking end soon. Let's just have a few drinks. Let's watch baseball. Sports are in full swing. Smoke that pack of cigarettes because the end is coming. All right. Anyways, people, I hope you have a, a fun time. I hope you have a great time. I hope that you are able to see past all of the bullshit that's happened with work, whatever it is, you know, maybe you got in a fight with your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, friends with benefits, fuck buddy, situationship, that thing where you tie them to the bedpost and blindfold them for 35 minutes straight. I don't know what you people are into, but whatever it is, I hope you just have fun. I hope you're able to forget all of your problems for just a little bit. And oh, oh, actually people, before we go, I have a story. Um, I got a phone call a couple nights ago uh, from no other than my mother, which you know, if your parents are calling at 10 p.m., you fuck again. I've said this before. You get a call at 10 p.m. from your parents and you're just like, oh, buddy, let's fucking spark the joint because this is going to be fun. Um, so I get a call from my mother and she goes, hey, son, how's it going? And I'm like, I'm, you know, it's a long day, mom. It was really long. I had a really hard day. I'm getting a little choked up, you know, because it was it was a really hard day. And I'm like, mom you know, work, some hiccups with work. And she was like, oh, that that's great. That's great. Honey, I have someone here who would love to talk to you. And I'm like, mom, are you serious? <laughs> Again. And she goes, I would love for you to talk to her. We have a new follower. I'm like, mom, a new follower? What do you mean? She goes, yeah, just talk to her. Hello? And she's like, hi, is this Angel? I'm like, yeah, this is him. This is Angel. <laughs> and she's like, I love the podcast. I'm like, Thank you. I really appreciate it. I try to be nice, people. It was 10 p.m. I just had a shitty fucking day. I'm trying to be nice. And she goes, I love the podcast. I just want to let you know that I'm following you and just keep going. I'm like, thank you. I'm like, please, can you tell 
you know, tell your friends. I literally told this fucking poor soul. I literally told her, I said, thank you for listening. Can you do me a favor? Can you please go to your most mentally unwell family members and tell them to listen to my podcast because I am sure that they will love it. And she goes, of course. She goes, I have a lot of them. And I go, (laughs) fucking great. Great. She really, I swear to God, she really said that. And I go, fucking great. Awesome. She gives the phone back to my mom. Mom, I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye. And mom, can you please, can we please stop calling? I don't want to have to block my own mother. (laughs) Mom, can you please not? Okay, I know you mean well. I know you guys are excited because your son. I, I think my parents think, like, just because I put podcasts on the internet, I really think my parents think I'm like Joe Rogan's level. Like, they're just like, oh, my God, my son has a podcast. Joe Rogan has a, has a podcast. Therefore, my son is Joe Rogan. Mom, no. All right, please. All right. And people, please stop having my mother call me. All right, so you can talk to me. It, it, I, under, I appreciate, I guess, the gesture, but I'm a very private person. I'm a very private person. I know I fucking talk about, I know I literally have mental breakdowns on the internet once every six weeks, but I'm a very private person in general. So please don't call me. I just listen. That's all you got to do. You just got to listen, follow, tell your mentally unwell family members about the podcast. But again, to that person who called me, thanks for listening. Um, you know, maybe we should just take it easy with the phone calls, people. I'm not trying to uh, get doxxed for the entire internet to hear. I t- actually kind of like my fucking life. Um, so yeah, people, I think that's going to be it for this week. I'm kind of rambling. I appreciate you all for listening. Again, have a good time this weekend. Drink, smoke, laugh, watch the games, or rest if you need it. Just do whatever. Just make sure you come back refreshed because Monday morning, you're right back to promoting this podcast. I don't care what you say. Again, thank you guys for listening this week. I love you guys, and I will see you all next week.